This episode of Violent Breakdown is dedicated to Jake Cave. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Bomba Breakdown. It is November, let me guess, something guess 22nd. 22nd. Yes. Okay. And um, it's not looking real baseball-y outside. There's a couple inches of snow on the ground and um, it might melt in the next couple of days, but I don't see any baseball um, in Minnesota in the near future. So, um, so that's a good excuse to start talking about baseball. And since we last made an episode, there's been a solid amount of Twins news and a lot of speculation. That, you can say that again, Max. Um, and I can't say we're blameless in that. We've been doing our fair share of speculating ourselves. Some realistic, some absolutely not. But baseball se- the early baseball offseason is a time for dreaming. Before the offseason starts, and before the season starts, every team's a World Series contender. And as the season goes on, you start to realize the team isn't. But before the year, anything could happen. Anyone could win it. And it's just a fun time to dream about how good your team could be next year. Yeah, and uh, that is pretty much going to get us into our first topic here, which um, the Twins have gotten rid of, yes, I know, you know him, you love him, Gio Rochella, one of the uh, more well-known and probably one of my favorite walk-up songs in all of baseball. Gio Rochella was, man, he was there for the Twins pretty much all year. I think his defense was, like, better than the Sats show. Like, his, he just made so many amazing plays that they don't see very many third basemen make, and Offensively, I mean, he was he was well above average. He was a lot better than I thought he was going to be this year. Yeah, he surprised me too, if I'm being honest. Um, I never disliked Gio Rochella. He was my favorite player, and they went to the Yankees, so I I guess I disliked him then, but not as a player, just because of the uniform he wore. Um, I never really was a big fan of his. Solid defensive third baseman, um, decent hitter. Had a couple of real good years with the Yankees and struggled in 2021. It looked like he was on the decline past his peak age-wise. Came the Twins and had, I would say, just a really solid season. Um, yeah, like Max said, he was there every day when no one else was. He's always in the lineup, producing solidly. Had some really clutch moments I loved. And just that walk-up song is so fun to sing. I don't even know why. I, that's like The song makes me want to sing every time I hear it. It makes me sing. I sing, I clap, I dance, I stand up. And you started to see uh, Twins Territory get on board with that. And I think everybody's going to miss Gio. But uh, I don't think it's it's not necessarily for for bad reason. The Twins got uh, – oh, they by the way, they traded them to the Angels. It's not – you know, that's – we forgot to mention that. And uh, the Twins swapped uh, Urshela for pitching prospect Alejandro Hidalgo. Um, I think he was their – 22nd, 23rd ranked prospect, and he slots in as about the same for us, probably top like you know 25-ish range. Um, young, young. I don't know much about him. I'm not gonna lie to you. I think he's a he's got a lot of upside though. It's, I don't know much. He's like from what I've read. From what I've read, he's a single A starter, still very young. So obviously, lots of potential, but also no guarantees he'll reach that. But they see him as a potential. Starter in the rotation someday if things go right, and if they don't, oh well. Um, the big reason they made the trade, it was nice to pick up the prospect, was to put 
it was to get the nine million dollars ish they were gonna have to pay an arbitration off the books and i think a, a sentiment i've heard a lot of and i certainly feel is basically if the twins go and get rid of Gio Rochella and save $9 million. And that $9 million goes to paying Carlos Correa or goes to paying Carlos Rodon or goes to paying one of the top three agents. That I think is a great deal. But if we go save those $9 million and then we go and get a $3 million fifth starter and then a $2 million reliever with that money. And then we call it an off season. I'm going to be real unhappy because I like Gio, but what I'm going to like a lot more is getting to watch Carlos Correa play for the next 10 years. And so, sorry, go ahead. Uh, I'm sorry to interrupt, but um, I, I could watch Gio Urshela play forever. I can listen to his watch-up song forever. Um, but, I mean, I could watch – I could watch – there are levels of infinity, Malcolm, and, and uh, Carlos Correa just surpasses Gio Urshela without, without a heart – you know, in a heartbeat. And that – not necessarily just our topic, but um, pretty much all of the – extremely relevant news that's happened with the twins has had to do with that left side of the infield, you know, Urshela's gone. So that leaves the question, you know, is, uh, is Miranda going to see all that time at third base? Uh, I don't think I want to see a rise there at all. Uh, you know, no, he doesn't have the arm ports anytime at third base throughout like, you know, middle of the season. Um, so we're really, it's, it kind of opens up third base, but I think Miranda is going to fill that spot beautifully. It's just, uh, um, sucks to see him go, but I think it was definitely uh, like you said. Hopefully, it was a salary dump that that could uh, get us some growth. But... Yeah. Um, the other reason they did, it, other than the same money, was they wanted to open up third base for Jose Miranda, so he could be in the lineup every day. They believe in his bat, and my one concern is his glove. I don't know if Jose Miranda is a good enough defensive player to play third base every day. From what he showed last year, he really wasn't great, but hopefully. He could step it up a little bit. It was his first time in the majors. He was moving around a lot, playing some first base and third base and DH. Hopefully being the starting third baseman, getting full spring training will bode well for that. Um, otherwise, oh, the other thing I was going to add is I'm hoping to go to college in L.A. If I do end up somehow out there, I'm going to go to some Gio Rochella game, some Angels games this fall and go cheer Gio Rochella on and sing along with that walk-up song more because he'll always be a twin in my heart. They also have uh, a couple other guys uh, on that Angels squad. What's it? Oh, you mean like the Shohei Trout guy? Yeah, something like that. No, he's no Gio Rochella, but I, I'm pretty he's, – he's, you know, he's fun to watch. Anyways, we digress. Uh, the next move the Twins made very shortly afterwards, within a couple of hours, was to trade for a shortstop which we don't have. So it was good to get a shortstop. Name is Kyle Farmer. We got him from the Reds for a low-level pitching prospect. And what are your thoughts on this move, Max? Good, bad, somewhere in between? I am the definition of somewhere in between on this. I don't really know what to think. Now, uh, I've heard that Carlos, we're going to talk about this in a little bit, but Carlos Correa talks aren't progressing like necessarily ideally. I heard – I'll talk – I'm just going to save that for in a little bit when we talk about that specific offers and whatnot. But um, Kyle Farmer, right-handed, uh, I think he's, you know, he's like a veteran who was, what, 32, 33? 32. Um, yeah, 32. Thank you. Uh, and, you know, he's. I think – I'd say he's been like a below-average hitter over the past couple of years, but he's been fantastic against, against – fantastic against right-handed hitters. He's 
been very well above league average. So um, maybe you're looking at a platoon kind of kind of thing there. But I don't think you can just platoon shortstop, especially for the kind of guy we're looking for. All I can say is I would hope to God that Kyle Farmer is on their starting shortstop on opening day. What are your thoughts on this? I mean, I'm 100% in your camp. I mean, like, yes, he crushes lefties, and he's maybe a guy you could put at second base to spell Polanco or Arise, or put him at third base, and slide Miranda to first base with a lefty on the mound, try to take advantage, get Kirloff out of the lamp or something. And he'll be a good utility guy. He sets a floor. He's a above-replacement-level player that, with the amount of injuries Twins have had, his availability at shortstop, third base, second base, he's also caught before in an emergency. He could do that. I don't know if you want to rely on him for that. It's been a few years since that happened, but He's a good utility player. He's slightly worse version of what Marwin was a few years ago, I think, Max. I don't know. Maybe Marwin was a little better. But just a guy that you feel comfortable plugging in a number of different spots. Um, Comments Nick Gordon-Well, since Gordon's lefty and he's a righty, they can work together as kind of like the backup filling guys around the Twins roster. But, yeah, like you said, if Kyle Farmer shorts up opening day, I'm highly unsatisfied with this offseason. And if Kyle Farmer shorts up opening day, I'm expecting us to have gone and gotten Aaron Judge to play right field or something, because this lineup, if you're putting Kyle Farmer at shortstop, a bad glove and Jose Miranda at third base, like, you just got a lot of problems there. Ryan Jeffers is our only catcher. You just... There's holes in this team right now. There, You've got a base to build from, but you need to complement this base with some serious stars beyond Buxton, because he can't do it all himself. Yeah, man. Uh, I mean, Byron Buxton, you look, he was walking, walking wounded pretty much the entire season. So he can't do it all. But um, yeah, I mean, Kyle Farmer, it's not a, not a bad pickup at all. Especially we got rid of one infielder and picked up another for not quite as much. But, uh, you know, Kyle Farmer is listed as a primary shortstop, but uh, he had his secondaries at like third and, and seconds. And so, um, you know, that. Again, like you said, he compliments Nick Gordon very well. Nick Gordon mashes mashes righties. He seemed to have mashed everybody last year. And Kyle Farmer mashes lefties. He, he's kind of like a Kyle Garlick kind of guy. Uh, but Kyle, Gar- Kyle Garlick, of course, being a good you know, uh, platooning DH or outfielder uh, as well, a good right-handed bat. But um, What is it with Kyle's and mashing lefties? Kyle Farmer mashes lefties. Kyle Garlick mashes lefties. Kyle Gibson gets mashed by lefties. Kyle Gibson gets matched by everyone. Sorry. Unnecessary Kyle Gibson signer. I really like Kyle Gibson, but he was not always the greatest pitcher of the Twins. Pocket, yeah. He picked up with the Phillies and um, didn't, didn't quite win the World Series. But anyways, <laughs> um, yeah, you know, Kyle Schwarber sucks against lefties. There's, there you go. Interesting. Um, yeah, very. Um, but yeah, anti Kyle. Yeah, <laughs> we got we got it. We got some conspiracy theories going here, um, but yeah, I, Kyle Farmer. I think he he's we've got him under contract for a few years here, but I don't know if we'll keep him for all that. Uh, I don't really think this is this is pretty solid, sizable news, but I feel like it isn't as much for me because of how disappointed I would be, um, and the not even just likelihood. The likelihood is that he is not our starting shortstop at the beginning of the season, but it's also it would be a huge disappointment if he did if he wasn't. I mean, you, you're you're talking like you got to get like Rodon, you got to get like um, we've been looking at like Mitch Hanniger, you got to get him, you got to get another, you got to get like a catcher, you got to get a really, you got to get so many other guys if Kyle Farmer's going to be your starting shortstop come opening day. So 
very good backup um, platooning, whatever option, but not going to be this twin starting shortstop on opening day. I would second all of that. Um, moving on now, I think we got to quick say a couple of goodbyes to some guys who have given us a lot of good memories with the Twins. A couple guys who were keys to the 2019 Bomba squad and who have just given us joy from playing baseball. Um, a couple of guys Twins let go this month. Um, let's start off with the big guy, the former number two prospect in all of baseball. Just Miguel Sano, man. Twins opted out of his contract. Um, they had to pay him a few million dollars to not have to pay him more this next year, and they just were cutting bait, getting out of it. This last year was a really rough one for him, not the way he wanted to go out in a Twins uniform. Um, dealt with injuries all year, struggled when he did play, and then injured, comes back for two games and gets injured again. And just sad to see it end that way, and there will be a lot of people tell you he never lived up to his potential, and he was never the MVP maybe would have hoped for from number two prospect, but he had some really good years in there. Um, was a productive hitter at times. In 2019, in that Bomba squad season, he hit 34 home runs in only 105 games. Had a 139 OPS plus, which means he's 39% above league average as a hitter. Just, he also he hit some really far home runs. and That's really fun to watch. Yeah, I mean, you saw it. I think it was Fenway in 2021. He hit an absolute moonshot, like a tank. Um, and I just, I, I'll never forget some of the moments that Miguel Sano has had. And I, I remember, I think we were down against the Guardians. It must have been the Indians at the time, but the it was in Cleveland a few years, a few years back. And yeah, we it was like this. It was you know eighth inning or something, and he had a go ahead grand slam, and um, just. Miguel Sano was just such a guy for a while, man. I mean, he had a tough, like, 2018, but pretty much every year besides that, he had OPS above, like, 750. And um, But then, of course, just 22 was a, 2022 was a tough year. And no Tom Hamilton. He was not just fat. He was he, – he, man, he got pretty injured. He tore his, like, meniscus and – he was recovering the entire season, and when he was on the field, he was struggling, and he just never could seem to get out on the field. And it sucked because, I mean, you saw him carry this lineup very well. Second half of 2021 and a lot in 2020, he had a lot of saw moments there. But uh, tough, tough way to see the Miguel Sano era, and not at all the way that I had ever envisioned it. Either. Yeah, I mean – I should say I we're looking at the positive side now because as he leaves, we want to look at the positives. But there are certainly many frustrating moments, not only the injuries, but he had some tough stuff off the field. Um, some injuries that he couldn't control, but he had, got injured celebrating one time with the team he was playing for in the DR in the Winter League. Like He's had some very frustrating moments, and it hasn't always been easy to cheer for him. But he has a big smile and seems like, for the most part, a good heart and... I'm really hoping someone picks him up and he finds a little resurgence and has a 30-homer season in him because it's real fun when he gets going and starts hitting the baseball. I remember a two-week stretch, and it was, I think, 2021. might have been in 2020 in, like, August of one year. He just got hot for two weeks, and he hit an extra base, more than an extra base hit a game. And for, like, a 14-day stretch, he had, like, 15 extra base hits. It was, like, eight homers, seven doubles. He hit one, like, halfway up the wall in Kansas City. Not, like, the outfield wall, but, like, the wall at the edge of the ballpark. That was one of the furthest home runs anyone's ever hit there. And that was just 
that's the moment that's going to stick with me is that just that stretch of dominance where it felt like there was no better hitter in the world than Miguel Sano. And he just carried our team through a stretch and our offense was not performing that year. Completely. Um, so, anyways, best of luck to uh, Miguel Sano because, re- man, I really hope he does well. Uh, like so many thought he would with the Twins. And I think we're going to move on to another real unfortunate goodbye. Um, left-handed outfielder Jake Cave. Uh, man, I love Jake Cave. He was – it was like, a, you know, that heart and hustle award every single year with this guy. He just – he was so – they would always do those mic'd ups and I would always see Jake Cave and I would always just like – I would always smile um, – throughout the entire video because the guy is so funny. He's full of joy. He always hustles. He's always having fun playing the game. Um, unfortunately, uh, these past you know few years, just the bat just really didn't show. Uh, so unfortunate. I really like watching Jake Cam. I think he's a, got a lot of potential as a great player. And he got he just got picked up by the Orioles in you know mid-October. So uh, big shame because I, I've always been a big Jake Cam guy. Same. I mean, Jake Cave exemplifies what you want to see in a ball player. He wasn't the most talented player on the field in his major league career. Really, most of his minor league career is never a top prospect. But he worked his butt off on the field and off of it and just seemed to love the game the way that you want to see a player love the game. Played with a smile, played hard, ran the bases hard. I love just like when you hit a little ball that like looped in the right center gaps, so everything cuts off. And the camera cuts, you see him gritting his teeth, straining his neck, flying around first base, going for second. Sure, he got out his fair share of times doing that, but it was fun to watch. He was someone you were excited to see, and even when he wasn't playing the major leagues, he was fun to watch with the Saints. I sat to see him play a few games. He had some really cool moments with them. And just, Jake Kiff's kind of ball player that goes underappreciated because you can, everyone notices the Nelson Cruz's and the Byron Buxton's, the guys that are the middle-of-the-order hitters, the star players. But what people don't appreciate is the guys that play when those guys need a day off. When Byron Buxton's injured and you have the guy you can turn to that isn't the guy you're paying superstar money to. Jake Cave wasn't making a ton of money for most of his... I mean, he was making a ton of money relative to what most people make. But compared to these major league ballplayers, he wasn't the highest-earning guy out there or anything. But he would come in and fill in a role that was vitally needed. And just when someone needed a day off, he'd come in, he'd play good center field defense, and he'd grind out every at-bat and make the most of them. And he was not the best outfield we've, we've ever seen, but he was a big part of that team. And I think on that 162nd day of the season, 2019, we set the um, home run record. He hit one of those three home runs. I think it might've been the one that put us over what the Yankees got to and got us the win. I'm not certain on that, but I know he hit one of those ones in the final day and just will forever be a part of the twins. It was like Crone Garver Cave no, it was Crone, Castro, and Cave. They all had C names. That's it. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Garber and Castro. Yeah, Cat- Jason Castro. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it sucks. I mean, Jake Cave. There's, there's not too many bad things you can say about Jake Cave. Is, of course, you know, the, the bat didn't always show up. Not the greatest um, talent out on the field all the time. But I remember seeing him uh, in St. Paul for a while or and in the minors in general for a while and you know you'd always see these highlights and jake kate was the first to because you know at that point it's in the minors you're having so much more fun because you're not on the big stage and you're not you know the, not, that pressure isn't necessarily on as much but then you would get up you'd see him go up to the big and he's that kind of guy that just that fun never leaves him that pressure doesn't really get to him like it like you would think it does he just he goes out there he tries very hard it's 
that Orioles team is a fun team, and I hope he gets an opportunity in the big leagues there and can make the most of it. And so wishing JK the best of luck. It's hard moving on from all three of those guys, especially for me, Snow and Cave. Like, Gio, I really love this year, but Snow and Cave, I mean, it's been – Cave's been playing with Twins for five – been in the big leagues now for five years. Snow's been in the big leagues for eight years now, is that right? Nine. No, eight. I can count. Eight years he's been in the big league since 2015. And before that, I mean, I've been hearing his name since the early 2010s as the savior of the Twins franchise. It was him and Buxton were going to come in and save the franchise. And, well, it hasn't necessarily worked out that way. Like, he's a guy that both these guys are – a lot of my emotional energy over the last 10 years has gone into caring about these guys and how they did. And it's sad to see him go. Yeah, very. Baseball-wise, neither of those losses will have a huge impact on the team next year. Neither one was expected to play a big role, but emotionally, those ones hit hard, and it's very little of that 2019 core is left on the team now, Max. It's Blanco and Buxton and Arise who played half of the year, and that's it left over from that team that we love so much. Sorry, Kepler, Buxton, Polanco, and a little bit of Arise, and everyone else is new. Everyone else is coming in. Fresh and well, it's good. You got to keep turning the page. It's sad to see that team that really like cemented for me. That was the team that got to start this podcast. We named our podcast after them. They really like took my twins fandom to another level. Yeah, and that's the thing is, you know, you've seen speculation over Kepler trades, Buxton's injury, but we know we've locked up Buxton for a while, and so uh, you like to think that we've still got some of those guys left, but. Again, like you said, you know, it's always you always got to keep building. We're building around a guy like Byron Buxton. I always like to think we still have that Bomba squad left. Yeah, we'll always be the Bomba squad a little bit. I'll never be completely gone. Also, Twins should bring back Nelson Cruz. Just he's not that great anymore, but I miss him and he's fun. Anyways, so we've been saying goodbyes. We've been sad a little bit. We're going to post this episode soon, hope after you record this, hopefully likely on Thanksgiving or if you're listening you're listening to this, probably on Thanksgiving or a couple days after. We're going to say some baseball things we're thankful for. What makes us happy. And things that we're just giving thanks for this November 24th um, before we do this episode. And I think we're just going to do a quick little draft. We'll talk a little bit about these. But, yeah, Max, what's something about baseball that you're thankful for? Man, I there's golly now I'm putting on put on the spot and everything. I was I was just going from sad to happy here because uh, there's so many things to be um, to be thankful for. I you know what I'm gonna start it off and take the easy way out and go Jake Cave here. I just gotta say I'm thankful that Jake Cave was on our team. I'm thankful for all of his service. You know I'll throw Miguel Snow in there too, but I just love watching Jake Cave and Joe Rochelle. All those guys. I'm thankful for all these guys who are leaving. I respect it. Um, my first baseball thing I'm thankful for, I think it would be truly out of character for me not to take this. I have to take Luis Arise. I'm so thankful that Luis Arise exists. He just loves baseball so much, and he's so good at hitting baseballs, Max. I mean, is there someone that looks more happy to be playing baseball than Luis Arise? And if there is, I'd really like to meet him. Yeah, my next one. Yeah. Who is it? Yeah, who's your next pick? Byron Buxton. I will argue that Luis Arise has a better smile than Byron Buxton. I think Buxton gives him a run for his money. I uh, I love that little Buxton smile at the 
the revealing of the new jerseys. The, now I'm smiling, just picturing his little smirk he does sometimes, and then the real smile. And oh, just, they're both just we're I lucky to watch play. those guys play. I want to just sit, watch like that. if I could see a picture of Luis Arise and Byron Buxton just smiling at each other, I would just watch that for hours. For real, dude. I would watch them just like hang out. Just I would love to watch if they did like a little cooking show or something like them just like having fun together. That'd be amazing. Should have like weekly things where like twins players get together and do fun stuff. You know, they've got like batteries like Joe, like Joe Ryan and Ryan Jeffries, you know, uh, go like go karting or whatever. And Byron Bucks and Luis Rise make cookies or something. Just fun stuff. That would be really fun. Twins need to get on this. At Twins, we're listening. Make this happen. Um, also, just real quick note I want to add. Speaking of twins getting together off the diamond, well, they were at the uniform re- reveal ceremony. The there were a couple twins. I believe Buxton was among them. They were caught. Fa- no, it was Polanco and Miranda were caught FaceTiming Carlos Correa. Yeah, Arise popped in there for a little bit too. Which is intriguing. It doesn't mean anything. He could love this team and love these guys and get more money somewhere else and go somewhere else. But clearly these guys still love Correa and Correa still wouldn't mind being around these guys a little more. So hopefully the twins can pony up enough money to make that happen. Anyways, my next pick, I'm going to go away from taking players. and I'm going to take something that I... Don't think we're grateful for nearly enough. I love the Metrodome, Max. Metrodome was awesome, but I'm so grateful that Target Field is an outdoor stadium. We need to go watch baseball outside on real grass and just some beautiful summer days, watch the sunset over downtown. There aren't many more beautiful places on earth than sitting in the stands at Target Field. Yeah, it's a lot of, it's a lot of fun, though. Um, Target Field is... is... It's so weird because we always we don't always get the the turnout that we want, especially with the twin struggles many years. But um, man, it's just so good. The food, the atmosphere, it's in a beautiful spot. I don't think it can be argued that it is. You know, it's right in the middle of downtown with the um, cool skyline in the background. It's just it's just amazing. Um, Outdoor baseball, man. It's just it's just better than play. It's not meant to be played inside. Yeah. Um, now this this is uh it's another it's another tough one here. I'm I'm not gonna lie. I I okay. This is this is actually jumping backwards, but uh, I'm just glad that the game kind of bounced back after COVID. And this is like two years too late, thankfully you could call it. But I'm really like I remember how scared I was that we were not gonna have a 2020 season. And how happy I, I was when they finally announced it. It was like the worst, you know, global pandemic we've seen in a while, uh, like a century. And um, obviously, health and safety were the first priority. But we got this season, and I just remember how like happy I was and how much I take baseball for granted. So I guess that's what. Um, it's not to say I'm thankful for baseball in general, but it's just to say that like, it's times like that where where you really realize. And you realize how much, like, you're just reliant to be there for you on a night in the summer you get home. Like, and I realized it during the off season too. Like, you just, like, I go to turn on the TV. I'm like, I want to watch the Twins game right now. Like, I wouldn't care who they were playing. I don't really care if they were going to lose. It's just nice to have baseball on. And it's one of the things I appreciate about baseball. This isn't my pick. I'm going to say it anyways. I'm going to steal a little pick here. And the fact there's 162 games, and it goes from spring to fall, and just how much of your year baseball season's there for you just to have on the background or watch – with your whole heart in it or however you want to absorb it. It's great how often baseball is there for you. But that's me just talking about Max's pick. That's not my pick. Okay. Okay. 
joke. My pick is a guy that I think some Twins fans have forgotten about, but he is one of the most joyful pitchers I've ever seen. He missed the whole year this past year with an injury and most of the year before that. But one guy I'm really grateful for is Kenta Maeda, dude. Kenta Maeda is so fun to watch him pitch, the faces he makes, how expressive he is. And he's such a good pitcher, too. And his 2020 season, I mean, that was a ridiculously good year. But I I just I miss watching Kenta Maeda pitch. I'm really excited to have him back in a part of the rotation to start this next season. Yeah, man, I, I love it. And I've heard, like, some people saying they don't want him starting in our rotation, but, like, that's crazy. It's just – Kent Amida, you remember his 2020 season? Remember when he carried that no-hitter into, like, the ninth? And it was just, like, the – That was so fun. And he was at, like, 115 pitches, and Rocco let him keep going. Like, that was really fun. Dinky single, and he just smiled. He just sat there and he smiled. Um, I mean, yeah, it was a – it was a legit hit, but it was a weak hit. He pitched really well. I love him. I love Kent Maeda. Okay. Um, so I may or may not have forgotten completely my pick after you mentioned. Um, no, got it. Now, this is going to seem like a bit of a silly pick, but it's not. Anybody in our booth, our, our radio, or I'm going to – I hope I don't have to go specific people here because there's so many. Um, I'll let you have even though you're stealing one of my future picks. I'll elaborate on that in a second. So Corey Provis and Dan Gladden are, I think, two of the best. I think we have the best um, radio broadcasting in, like, all of baseball. Very biased, but I don't care. Especially Corey Provis. I mean, my God, he's so – as a play-by-play, I mean, he is just something else to watch. I always, even if we're losing, just the the analytical uh, aspect, but he can tie it in. He he knows so much about the game of baseball, man. It's so awesome to to listen to him. But then you go to the the booth, and I feel like I've been kind of hard on Dick Rammer in the past, but I do appreciate him a lot. And, you know, you've got guys like LaTroy Hawkins. You've got Glenn Perkins has been in there a lot. You've got, um, uh, you know, uh, Roy Small, you've got Justin Morneau, love Justin Morneau in the booth. But I think my one of my favorites of all is Marnie Gellner. And shout out to Marnie Gellner if you're listening. Marnie. God oh, dang it, Max. That was my I pick. I, had... I don't. I, I saved the best for last. I, I was definitely going to say Marnie, Marnie Gellner. That was my only pick I was going to say, but I decided to bring everybody else into it. I uh, saw Marnie at a uh, Timberwolves game and we waved to each other. So uh, that's my flex there. But um, I'm just thankful for all those. I mean, I think Marnie Gellner's. Imagine like a Marnie Gellner, Justin Morneau as the color commentators with Dick Bremer as the number one. I mean, that is one of the more um, overpowered TV broadcasts. And one broadcasts. person you didn't mention, Max, Audra Martin. Another when Marnie oh. Gellner isn't there when she's busy doing other awesome stuff, Audra Martin's really good too. Yeah, on the field she does. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, completely. Yeah. And yeah, I think Dick Bremer. He may not be the best announcer, but he's our announcer. He's been the Twins announcer our whole lives. I think that just means something. He's such a Minnesotan too, Max. I follow him on Twitter, and he's just like, today he posted a picture of himself chopping, of like all the wood he chopped today for his fireplace. Like, he's just such a Minnesotan guy and loves the Twins in just an awesome way. And that's the thing that, for all the national broadcasters people say are better, Dick Bramer loves the Twins, and I think that's something, there's a lot to be said for that. 
I yeah, I completely agree. I, I think he's so funny. I I love his his little um yeah, it's he, I also love that Dick Bramer doesn't take himself too seriously. He knows he's just a guy who loves the twins and he genuinely seems like not think he's too much the way a lot of announcers seem to think. Yeah, I think he's he's so funny. I, I just think he, he's uh um I, again I, I always thought he was you know, again, not the greatest of announcers of all time. But like you said, he's our announcer. Um, I mean, I started listening to him before he hit puberty. Uh, so, you know, it's been a while. Yeah, seriously. Um, another thing is, though, Max, I can't believe you didn't ask Marty Gellner to come on the podcast when you waved to her. I'm just I'm disappointed you let me down. You let all the listeners down. You guys want me to tell that story next episode? I will. But it's a lo- It's it's longer than that. It's You let all the listeners down, Max. All right, my next pick is going to be someone who definitely goes underappreciated, and that's Major League Baseball umpires. We haven't talked, we haven't recorded a podcast since the World Series, which we just didn't talk about, I'm realizing now. But there was, in the World Series, there was an umpire perfect game. According to the, like, computers, the robot umpires, whatever they may put in someday, the umpire didn't miss a single call on a ball or a strike for the entire World Series game. He called like 130 pitches or more. I don't know. It wasn't because obviously swings, foul balls aren't called. Just pitches, balls, and strikes. He didn't miss a single one the entire game. It had never happened before. But there have been a lot of umpires who have come really close. And I just want to say shout-outs to umpires. They have a really hard job. And we may be going to robot umpires in the next few years. And I'm not in favor of that. But if it happens, not the end of the world to me. But just for 150 years now, umpires have had the hardest job in baseball, really. You can say hitting's hard, but umpiring is a really hard job, and they just get so much hate. But what they do is really, really impressive. It's I, I would say not even just impressive, but I, I'd say it's damn near impossible because you look at, like, it is, think of how hard. It is, it is like, it's so hard that we, we expect these umpires to be able to track a 97-mile-per-hour pitch with movement and say, Hey, a few feet in front of me when it crossed the plate, was it above this guy's knees? Was it barely in the zone? Was it barely out? And Pat Hoberg, that was that wasn't just any game. That was game, I think two it was of the World Series. Um, and according to the like scorecards for the umps, uh, yeah, every single pitch was was called correctly. And you just got to appreciate a performance like that. You always have to pre- um, appreciate umpires, but there's sometimes where they make mistakes, and you know you appreciate them less and whatnot. But um, I think Pat Hoberg has is. There are a lot of good, especially, you know, younger umpires who are well-respected. And I think Pat Holberg is highly regarded and arguably the best umpire in, in, in the league. Uh, yeah, like you were saying, Max, this new tier of umpires is coming up. They've been graded on their umpiring throughout their whole time coming up. Like the older umpires, they didn't have any way of knowing if they were right or wrong. They'd make a call and they wouldn't know whether they were right or wrong, and they would just go with their calls. But nowadays, umpires come up, and after the game, they're given a report on, like, you called this pitch correctly, this pitch incorrectly, and, like, they're learning and developing. And some of these young umpires are really incredibly good. Yeah. It's, it's, so, yeah. It's, we'll complain about umpires a lot next season when things don't go the Twins' way. But right now, while I'm in a good mood, I'm just going to shout out umpires because what they do is incredible. Yeah, it's a good pick. I think... Uh, we got we got to wrap it up pretty soon here, but I'm gonna go to my last pick, and this is gonna be completely, completely backhanded. 
I'm thankful for Twins legend Josh Donaldson. Um, put up a solid year with the Twins. Actually, I was, I was, I was relatively happy. Or sorry, two years with us. Um, but salary dump, complete salary dump. My goodness. Um, in his age, thirty-six season for the New York Yankees, the uh, worst team in the league, was nothing short of just like a complete disappointment. He had a sub seven hundred OPS. He um, didn't hit for average. His power was, like, not really there. I don't think he reached, like, 15 even home runs or whatever. Maybe maybe 20, maybe 20. Anyways, um, yeah, he signed with the with – the, I, I think the Yankees are saying they want him back, and by all means, if you want to keep Josh Donaldson around. But it's fun to see. Um, I, I've been comparing on MLB The Show Josh Donaldson's overall. It's, like, a 72 now. I've been comparing it with other guys, and – I just think Josh Allenson, this just probably seems very mean, just a very uh, kind of insulting rant towards Josh Allenson. And I do respect him as a player, um, but I think he's kind of just, <laughs> I don't really know the word that I would use to describe Josh Allenson. I feel like I've got a lot of respect for him, but at the same time, I don't. Um, and it was it was kind of fun seeing him. Um, See him hit this roadblock with Yankees fans, and, and just the way that we fleeced the Yankees. I mean, come on, we got Carlos Correa out of the deal. That was that was awesome. So it's thanks to Carlos Correa by extension, but thanks Josh Donaldson. Yeah, thanks Josh Donaldson for getting us Carlos Correa. Really, is what you're saying. Um, I'm gonna say something I should never say because I'm gonna get proven wrong. And I'm gonna regret saying this. Max, the Yankees lineup next year is gonna be bad if they don't bring back Aaron Judge. He carried their team in the second half. The Yankees team hit worse than the Orioles if you take Aaron Judge out of the lineup. Like, the Orioles are better than people expect this year. The Baltimore Orioles were not a good hitting team. And without Aaron Judge in the lineup, the Yankees were a worse hitting team than the Orioles. Their lineup next year just losing Judge, they can't afford it, Max. Yeah. I, I'm taking too much joy in the fact that the Yankees might be bad and then they're going to end up doing good just because they're the Yankees and they want to bring sadness to my life. I, I saw – I actually just brought up this this uh, article here, but I have a quick question. Did the Yankees sign Rizzo? I think they did, right? They did, um, yes. So so add Rizzo into all of these, uh, you know, whoever I say here. But at catcher, you've got, tr- like, Trevino. At first, Rizzo. Second, like, Torres, I think they said they might trade him or whatever, but, like, LeMayu. Um, LeMayu's not good anymore. I mean, that's the thing. Um, and then at third, you've got Donaldson, if you bring him back. Short Twins legend Josh Donaldson. They just signed Twins legend IKF at shortstop. Yeah. And then you've got Oswaldo Cabrera, bright, bright future. No hate on Oswaldo Cabrera, but um, he's not necessarily your one hitter on opening day next year. Harrison Bader, I think, is still with them. Aaron Hicks. I mean, John Carlos. Andrew Benintendi. Andrew Benintendi. Is he a free agent? He He might be a free agent. I'm not sure. I yeah I either way he could be with them but you know that makes them scary no I then if if they don't sign Aaron Judge man I you're right I wow that would be a complete like and then like you remember Frankie Montas they were like oh god I was like oh god the Yankees got Montas but Montas was abysmal for them for a little while there so um, I don't know if he's back Sorry. The what the plan is there but. We're getting yeah. sidetracked from the Twins here. I'm going to take yeah. my last pick, and we got to wrap this episode up. But we just – as Twins fans, you have to understand us taking joy in the Yankees not being good. Because when the Twins can't succeed, at least the Yankees can fail. And that can make us happy. 
And my last pick, and then I'm going to do one more honorary pick, but my last pick about baseball things I'm grateful for is Nelson Cruz. I said his name a little earlier. It's another former pick. He doesn't play for the Twins anymore. But Nelson Cruz was so good for a couple of years there, but he's also just, he's the best dude ever. We talk about great smiles. He's got a great smile. Just seemed to have fun always. Loved all of his teammates. Um, Just a super great guy off the field. Spent so much time with charities and just, Nice, seemingly everyone. I haven't heard many bad things about him. I hope he finds a job and keeps hitting this year because Nelson Cruz, he's just – he's a good person. Yeah, and you, and you look at uh, – he's done so much. I think he, like, built a hospital in his home country of uh, – Dominican Republic, that's right. I think he, like, built a hospital or something, or, he, like, or like, multiple. He's done so much um, for the community that, that he, he, come, he came from and um, – and around America as well. And uh, I mean, just the things this guy has done uh, off the field, on the field. And, um, it's it really, I, I think I can speak for both of you and Malcolm. It sucks to see him drop off because uh, you're just hoping that it's, it's not the end of the line for Nelson Cruz. But I think he's going to go out there and you look and you see um, Nelson Cruz training with Luis Arise. I think they've already started that again, um, again now this year. And I, I just, I love, how Nelson Cruz, he says, he always is talking about, he's like learning from other players that are, you know, half his age, but you just know that Luis Arias and all these other players that are training with him are learning so much more about the game. It's it's so fun to see him, him do his thing. If no one gives Nelson Cruz a major league contract, which I don't even think it's crazy, it's the twin stuff from one. We could use just a righty power bat slot in a DH. He was a 90 OPS plus guy last year, and he was well over 100 against lefties. He was still above average hitter against lefties last year. And the Twins lefty heavy outfield. Second I mean, half but if no, one signs him, if no one signs him, make Delson Cruz your hitting coach and just let him be in the dugout with these guys. I think he'd be an amazing hitting coach. He's such a smart guy, thoughtful about hitting, and just he learns from other people, but he also is such a great teacher. I love Nelson Cruz, Max. We're, we're, ta- we're not talking – I mean, that's partially talking about the Twins, but um, – Yeah. But Anyways – Track. To wrap up this episode, I want to say one more base thing I'm grateful for. This is going to sound super cheesy, but I do mean it from the heart. And that's all of our listeners, all you guys that listen. Uh, I know you're not the biggest listener base ever, but we really appreciate you guys. And we love talking about baseball. And the fact that people want to listen to us talk about baseball really does mean a lot to both of us. Yeah, it's – it's that, 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 you said it, said it best right there. We'll be back with our episode shortly to talk about Carlos Correa, Carlos Radon, and all the guys who teased this episode of the Twins Night Sign, more about what the Twins could do, how much money they have available, what the plans for the offseason, all the Twins deals they're going to find, all the shopping they're going to do. We're going to do that in our Black Friday special episode. So stay tuned for that shortly. Um, in the meantime, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you get your, you get your podcasts. Find us on Instagram at Bomba underscore Breakdown. That's B-O-M-B-A underscore B-R-E-A-K-D-O-W-N. Thanks for listening to Bomba Breakdown.